Hello. Hello, Marilyn. How are you today? Hello, Dan. I'm very well. How are you? Doing good. I just, you know, I just got back from a uh, trip to Florida. Oh, our old home wow. state, our old, uh, our old town. I didn't even bother responding to that in text because I knew there'd be no way to capture all of it. How are things going in Florida, Dan? They, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't love Florida. Hmm. And um, I did let my domain, floridasucks.net, expire. Oh, R.I.P. But it, you know, my mom's got a nice place there. It was wonderful to see her. And uh, we did get to go to Lion Country Safari while we were down there and, um, and spend a little time at the beach. And those beaches, things were beaches nice. they got there. Yeah, they do. And the beaches are beautiful. The, you know, I, my son had been to Florida beaches when he was very little, too little to remember them. And since then, we've gone on a few vacations to a place here in near Austin called Port A. It's actually not that near Austin, uh, but it's here in Texas, Port Aransas. And the beaches there kind of they're kind of kind of gross, kind of not good. Yeah. And and um as soon as we pulled up to the beach there in Florida, uh, he got out of the car and went down. I said, what do you think of this? He's like, he looked at me, he said, no wonder you hate the Port Aransas beaches because this thing is beautiful. So that was nice. But From the mouths of babes. That yeah, is harsh, dude. I know. Oh, man. My kid loves being in water. So we have learned to just make like every- Like tub, tub we- soaking or? She'll soak. She'll do it. Well, we like to do a shower because we want that hair real clean. And you can't trust a kid yeah, to you stick can't their head into a lavender bubble bath and do a good job no. getting all the bugs out. Right. <laughs> but uh, no, man, she she really takes to water. It's so fun. She was boogie boarding when we were uh, on the East Coast to to great effect. I like a beach. I've I've grown to like beaches more. My here's my problem. I got so many sunburns. It was a different as a, as a kid. Yeah. Yes, as a kid and a teen. I mean, it's I should probably be going to doctors every week. I mean, I now I'm just I'm like a crazy person. I'm I look like I look like a geisha, geisha in a dad hat. La la la. <laughs> I, I put on so much SPF cream all over my face until I'm ashen, and then I wear a dad hat, like a very broad brimmed hat. I wear an SPF shirt. <laughs> I wear. I had when we were in the beach in the East Coast. I had two SPF shirts. My wife got me one of those uh, swim shirts, and uh, on top of that, I had another SPF shirt. And you know, abundance of caution. Are like, you sure that that's enough, though? Is it, is it ever really enough, Dan? <laughs> we were like, was, we've got like a tent. We didn't bring it to the East Coast with us, but like when we go to the beach up in Marin. We you have a whole a, a full on tent. Got a beach tent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's like glamping. Uh, and you know, uh, and that's what I do. I get in there and I, cause a sunburn will ruin my week. I'll be such a sad tomato. Yeah. You don't want a sunburn. We shouldn't be mean to Florida. Well, I'm not being mean to it. I'm saying I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. That's not being there in a while. No, I don't like it either. <sighs> it, and it's just, you know, it's just gotten bu- like, ev- like everywhere else it's gotten busier and more expensive and Florida has. Yes. Oh, man. Boca Raton, the rat's mouth. The rat's mouth of the rat, yeah. Mouth of the rat. Hmm. But we didn't, uh, my, my mom lives out in uh, like a Delray Beach area now, so it's a little more, a little more like Boca was a few years ago, but still. I did get to drive by my childhood. My son was very interested in seeing my childhood home. Oh. So uh, I got to drive him by that. He wanted to see where I got my first job, which was a Burger King. And I doubted very much that the Burger King would be there. It has been 
about 31 years after all, and it was still there. <laughs> so wow. we got to see the old Burger King and we got to do, um, you know, drive by the old Publix and all that stuff. I will sometimes, even though it's not technically creepy, it feels creepy. I'll sometimes go into Google Maps and look at my old you know, places I used to live on Google Maps. And it, it always makes me sad. You know what I mean? Everything has changed so much. Yeah. The trees yeah. are probably gone. Like it's, uh, it makes me sad. Yeah, everything I, everything seems to to go away and change, and not much we can do. Everything just keeps on changing. Yeah, but it was I nice to you. nice to visit. Uh, nice to be back home. It's nice to spend time with family and then leave. Yes, you know that's so important. It's so important. We did lots of uh, family things, and it was fun. But uh, yeah, then you got to go back to your corners. You know what I'm saying? You got to prepare. You got to get ready for school. Yeah, you do, and you got to start. You got to start doing that. We talk about this. I feel like, especially when the time change in the springtime comes, mm-hmm. like how hard it is to get back into the groove. Oh yeah. Of like you know we're over the summer we're pretty. I mean, there's camp every day. That's a weekday. Mm-hmm. Um, except in some cases, but usually it's camp every day, but like, we're pretty liberal about, you know, you can watch TV until like after nine, you can sleep with us if you want to, but then you got to kind of start cracking down on the like, okay, you know, I have, well, my wife is also, but I feel like I have to be the Martinet and go like, I'm Johnny clock. I got to be the clock boy. Mm -hmm. Got clocks all over the house, but I'm clock boy. And I got to go, okay, everybody. 635, what does that mean? And they look at me, blank eye, the cat stares and blinks. Everybody looks at me. I'm like, that means, you know, got to start bath at seven. Got to be moving toward bed, 10 to eight. Got to really dip, dip, dip. And it's so hard. And you just got to, you got to keep doing it and failing at it until eventually you fail less at it. It's so hard to get out of the chaos of summer. But I think it does have a big effect. I mean, like, I guess there's, I imagine there's scholarship about this, but like, Having a consistent bedtime for school nights, I think it's a huge deal. It is, and I, I, I don't know how I'm going to adjust back. This seemed like it had been such a long summer. How am I going to start going to bed before, I don't know, 11.30 so that I can get up at whatever time to get them out the door at 7? It's so early. <laughs> it's it's so funny so you should mention that. We actually, we'll get to this in a little bit. We got some follow-up to get through, but also I have two uh, bits of feedback from listeners this week that have both to do uh, with things we just talked about. Okay. Not Florida, not Florida, oh. but we're, we're going to talk about clocks. Okay. And we're going to, I'd like to do a, uh, do a check-in on some self-quantization uh, stuff. All right. If we may. Yeah, I so like that. I'm just saying, as we're relevant. Relevant is today's headlines. All right. There are so many headlines. Um, I had one little funny bit of follow-up that's not really follow-up. It's just a mini topic. All right. Um, but, um, I, there's this, I wanted to recommend a site that I like a lot that I've mentioned on here before, but I want to mention it again, uh, which is quote investigator, which you can find at quote investigator.com quote investigator, quote investigator, go check it out. It's really good. And, uh, you know, every time you see somebody say something's Mark Twain or they say something is Winston Churchill, they say it's, you know, uh, you know, they go in and they do a little bit of scholarship and a little bit of sniffing around okay. to take a well-known quote and then figure out who actually said it first. Okay. And they will go through all the people that it is credited to most widely. They'll go through the various instances of where you could, you know, 
earliest places you'd see a quote that's similar to this. And then they come up with their guess on like who was the person who was most likely to have said this first. Some of the recent ones. The will to win is not worth much unless you have the will to prepare to win. Famous Gandhi quote, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they attack you, then you win. Was that really Gandhi? Was it? Uh, I forget. I think it wasn't. <laughs> it was probably either Churchill or Mark Twain. Let's go uh, cut to the bottom. Um, oh, my God. This is a long – in conclusion, QI has located no substantive support for ascribing the saying to Mohandas Gandhi. QI believes that the statement evolved from a large family of sayings that originated in the 19th century. Okay. But I don't know. This is one of those. This is a one I look forward to seeing in my uh, reader every few days. And I wanted to point, first of all, I'll just recommend Quote Investigator because I think it's a really good site. But in my reader this morning, in my feed wrangler, I see <laughs> one of my all-time favorite productivity-related quotes. And they went and they tracked it down, and I think it's useful and instructive. All right. You see it there? See it there? Top of the page. You've heard me say this, right? Yes. The quote, as you climb the ladder of success, be sure it's leaning against the right building. Was that Stephen Covey, as I have credited? Was it Thomas Merton, Alan Rain, and Adaliza Evans? Who was it? Who was it? They go through and they do this extensive investigation. And, uh, and, And you know what? Turns out they say it probably was not. Stephen Covey was the originator of that. Huh. They credit it to someone named, is it Alan? Alan Rain. In the original version, so quote investigator, uh, earliest evidence found by QI appeared, not to be confused with the British quiz show, appeared in the Brooklyn Daily Eagle of New York in 1915. The original quote, you may get to the very top of the ladder and then find it has not been leaning against the right wall. Alan Rain. Anyway, I, I, it's great because I get to recommend this site. I get to say, uh, you know, I get a little smarter. But also, I still think that's a fantastic quote. And I think about it all the time. It is nice to be able to attribute it correctly. I love that idea. I remember, I, I don't think I ever even finished a Stephen Covey book, but I do remember reading that in the book and thinking that's got to be one of the most profound things I've ever heard. Is your ladder against the right wall? Anyway, I just thought I'd mention it because, uh, boy, whew. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to get to the top and realize, mm-mm, uh-huh. wrong wall. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Could be white walkers on the other side. Oh. <sighs> Enjoying the season? Oh, my God, so much. It's a so, good, so, it's so a good much. season. Yeah. Like I mentioned, I think I finally got my lady into it. Really? And, uh, that's a big, yeah. that's important. It was hard. And I've been going back and rewatching a lot of like season three. I was pretty light on season three, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic season. Mm-hmm. So much great stuff happens or terrible stuff happens, but... My goodness, what a good show. I mean, you don't need me to recommend it, but... No, wait, I'm confused. I thought you didn't watch that show. Game of Thrones? Yeah. No, I'm like all about Game of Thrones. What about Walking Dead? Never seen it. That's the one. Okay. See, I get confused. I um, I feel like I should save Walking Dead, but... Do it. I want. I will watch it. Yeah. Should I start soon? Mm, no. No, I mean, the thing is, that's one of those ones where... Up there with probably Lost, The Leftovers. I mean, that is a fantastic first episode of a TV show. Really sets the tone um, for that show. Like, even before the credits roll, you're like, oh my God, what am I getting into with this? See, now, now I feel like I should start tonight watching it. Nah, nah, you're good. You're I want to finish, uh, finish Sons of Anarchy and I want to finish Life Below Zero before I 
bringing oh, a new right. one. Let me type to my wife real quick. No, thanks. Um, good. Is she going to bring you some popsicles? She was going to see if I wanted a sandwich. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to eat that much bread. Oh, that's good. Yeah. We had to eat at the zoo yesterday, and I ended up just throwing away a lot of bread. The zoo? The fries. Yeah. The zoo, the food at the zoo is not good. You don't want to eat at a zoo. Uh, she really wanted to get to the zoo, and I hadn't eaten. She'd already had like three Lord of the Rings breakfasts, and I hadn't eaten yet. And she's like, let's go to the zoo. And I was like, oh. Is the zoo hungry. like convenient enough that you can go impromptu? Like you don't need planning yeah, yeah, ahead yeah, yeah. of time? Yeah, yeah, We've got a membership, and it's just at the end of the streetcar line. That we're oh, on. convenient. So it's, yeah, it's like 20 minutes away by streetcar. It's really great. Um, less than that, actually. But it's, yeah, our zoo's weird, but it's it's pretty. Are pretty there a lot good. of animals like uh, in, in cages there, or how is it uh – it's a little bit – it's not super modern. Like when we were in D.C. now, boy, woo, that's a zoo they got there in D.C. Yeah. No, we got good stuff. We got gorillas. We've killed a couple of them, I think. We're not allowed to have elephants anymore because we killed too many elephants. You, what do you mean when you say kill? Uh, several elephants died within a short period of time because basically they just weren't treated very well. Oh. We got a Komodo dragon that's had back surgery. My daughter tells me it's the what? only Komodo dragon in a zoo that's had back surgery. Why did it have back surgery? I don't know. Maybe tried to lift something. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. I was, ho- I was hoping you were going to go there. I really was hoping. <laughs> Such I a might good say there was movie. one boy. <laughs> I tried to watch The Godfather 2 on the plane going back, but wound up uh, getting tired of it and instead put on Big Lebowski and watched that the rest of the way. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And, of course, yeah. Guardians was on the way there, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which, if you haven't seen it, please see it. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's great. Mm, it's good. Best ever. Yeah. JetBlue has that. Had it going both ways. Yeah, they did. I was on the JetBlue also. I was on a JetBlue, too. Had my first ever canceled flight that required staying. Oh, you know about this. I never told you how it ended. No, you didn't. You this. let me hang in the whole time. Oh, my God. <laughs> so can I can had, I share the back? Can we open the kimono well, on this one, too? Just a little. I don't like to say too much, but just suffice it to say that I left my family and our visit to family on the East Coast early so that I could come back and do my work. Right. And I guess I'd scheduled it a little too tightly because it took me 28 hours. Oh, my God. To get from Massachusetts to home. It took me Uh, over 12 hours to get from Rhode Island to still being in Boston. Yeah, first time ever I've had a flight that was actually canceled and where they gave me a hotel room. And I kept updating you and going like, well, they do that thing where they're like, well, we'll know more in an hour. Yeah. Not that it's going to leave in an hour, but we'll know more in an hour. And that got to be like 11.50. And finally, I happened to be standing. The poor people at the desk have no idea. They don't tell them anything. Sure. Until they finally say, I heard a whisper that it was canceled. And I tore ass over to the ticket counter. And JetBlue, to their credit, like handled it like amazingly well. They gave me, they immediately scheduled me for a flight the next morning uh, that wasn't at the crack. And uh, they immediately got me a hotel room at a Marriott. It was a decent hotel room? Yeah, it was all right. But it was, it, was, it was when the president was threatening nuclear war. And so I wasn't sleeping very well. I know that shouldn't affect me. I shouldn't worry about nuclear war. But... You don't want to be watching Brian Williams in a in, in Boston, you know, at midnight. No. Well, technically eleven. But um, anyway, watch some Seinfelds. But yeah, sorry about that. That's why that happened. But you know, it's all squared away now. Yeah, you're back. Travel, man, travel. 
No, no, we had uh, we had just a little delay, and it was my son's first time flying. He'd never flown. He's nine. You're kidding no, me. No, never, never flown. And uh, I was very concerned that we would get delayed because I felt like you had jinxed it for us based on your yeah. experience and the same airline and everything. And I, so I was very worried about that. I was feel like you had set something bad in motion, but we it's like mentioning you haven't had a cold in a while. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And everything was fine though. Uh, we just got like a 20 minute delay on the way back and it was fine. And, he did great. He did great flying. I had no idea that's, I was going to That's go. like a like going there. That's what like a 4-hour flight? Yeah, yeah, right about. Yeah, well, about 3, about 3 hours. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah going's crazy. Going uh San Francisco to New England is pretty easy, almost exactly 5 hours nonstop, coming back 6 hours and 42 minutes. So even after you <laughs> I've been traveling for so many hours. Like I got to go to Providence to get a bus to Boston to get to Boston early. You got to get through TSA, <sighs> and then the delays, delays, delays. I know it's a it's a white wine, but like, and then the entire time I'm just thinking, like, when when this is done and this eventually goes well, I still have to be on a plane for seven hours. <laughs> the last two hours of a flight home from the East Coast to the West Coast are like the longest two hours of your life. It just feels like oh my, you feel insane. Like, oh, my God, this is never going to end. And then my cab driver had really bad BO. Oh, no. Yeah, it was pointy. Um, so that all turned out okay. I like JetBlue. I think they're all right. I, you know what I like about JetBlue is you can just go up and grab yourself a water. You grab yourself a Sprite. You grab yourself some of those cool uh, blue blue chips, those potato chips. You just go and the help tera, The Terra chips. That's That's a pretty strong chip. If you open your mind to the fact that it's not an according to Hoyle potato chip, that's a pretty good chip. I ate like four bags on them. <laughs> I didn't know there was an unlimited. No, they got a thing. They got that little area. After you take it off, they take the lock off. The, they, they take off the big blast shield in front of the drinks. And then they got all the, all the snacks. You just go help yourself to all the snacks you want. I did, not, I did not know that. They had people coming up and down the aisles for us. I would say avoid the chicken and brie sandwich at all costs Uh-oh. is a thing I would say. Okay. Alright. Not good. Very bad. Dan, we're back. Finally we're getting back into the swing of things. I know. Summer summer in the rear view mirror, which is just how I likes it. That's what you likes it. That's how I likes it. <laughs> All right. I got some more follow up, but um while I got you here, would you tell me about something that you like? I could tell you about a little thing called Formstack if you'd like to hear Formstack. about Formstack. Have you heard about Formstack if I ever told you about that before? You I feel like you've mentioned it before. I mean, I know what forms are, but like does it like integrate with anything? It does. Or you just make a form and it just shoots it to your CGI bin? Like what no, does it do? No, that's it. You just it, it puts a couple of blank fields on the page. And a submit thanks to button. Formstack for supporting CGI bin. <laughs> That's right. So what is that, 755? What are you doing there? <laughs> you got to get your own your, your own CGI bin, which you do bang, you chone it. Chone your pound, bin. Gotta chone the bin. SH. <laughs> I'm just going to walk them through how to do it. No, okay. Formstack is the most modern, uh, most elegant way to collect information from your customers, your clients, your employees, your vendors, you name it. You can collect great data in a very clean, nice way using Formstack. And you can change those forms later. That doesn't sound like a big thing, but it is. If you've ever tried to collect data from people and you build a form, it's kind of almost like a one-off normally. You can't go and change it. You can't update the questions. Uh, it, 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 that's not something that's easy to do. Formstack even makes that easy to do. Uh, you create beautiful branded forms that look exactly like your website. It has your logo, has everything on it. 
and you can create these things in just a couple minutes and it lets you collect data in any way that you want to. They've got things built in for event management, lead generation, data collection, customer feedback, surveys. You can even integrate payments. You can integrate donations. So you could do a membership thing with it. I mean, it's really unlimited what you can do. And uh, they integrate with uh, over 40 different applications, MailChimp, PayPal, Salesforce. They've got APIs. They've got webhooks. You can programmatically control the forms. It's pretty amazing. They've been doing this for a while, and they're very, very good. They're even HIPAA compliant if you're doing uh, healthcare or privacy stuff. So You don't want to handle that stuff on your own, Dan. That's like, that's like uh, doing your own breaks. You don't want to do your own breaks. Don't do your own breaks. Maybe you can top off the brake fluid. Mm-hmm. But don't don't try to do your own brakes. That's one thing I won't touch. Your your interaction with your brakes should should start and end with hitting them with your foot a little bit. I agree. Formstack.com slash back to work. Formstack.com slash back to work. You get a free trial. And you'll get a promo code that'll give you twenty five percent off your first three months. Which is a get good Get integrated. Deal. Get integrated. Get ho- get web hooked. I like that. Web hooks are cool. They're gonna be able to run with that. That's for mm-hmm. them. Get webhooked at formstack.com slash back to work. Buck, buck. Thank you, Formstack. 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 Uh, I have one thing I just ran across today. I, I read about this and I passed it by. This is apropos of literally nothing, but I uh-huh. think this is so cool. I thought about this a lot when I was traveling. Um, I really screwed up and I managed to have my main source of ID expire and I thought I was going to get the new form of ID before I traveled and I didn't so I mm. kind of had to free ball it on the road but luckily I'm a middle-aged white guy so I got by fine uh-huh. but uh, it was I was kind of wondering like because I, I did all this research like what do you do when you're traveling on expired ID you bring all these other extra forms of ID with you and as it turned out it was all fine it was all like totally a breeze but I was prepared for the whole like you know extreme vetting thing like, i didn't know what was going to be involved and i was thinking like should i do that thing with one password where i like remove the vault like what should i do and like i don't know i just saw this on gruber's site and i uh, went and read the article today and this is so cool starting in ios 11 i have not tried this yet because i don't have it on my phone i have it on my ipad starting with ios 11 uh, headline from Mac rumors ios 11's sos feature allows you to temporarily disable touch id and require passcode did you see this I did not see this. This is so cool. So you're on your phone, and I can think of a lot of reasons where you would want to disable Touch ID. I mean, not least of which is, you know, like if somebody's coming at you and it looks real sketchy, right? So Emergency SOS, this thing they've had, I guess, in 10, maybe earlier, where basically you can do a, like a, a magic tap on the side on your little right button, and it will like contact a person or call 911. I'm not sure. I've never used it. I'm scared to even really set it up because I don't want to accidentally call 911. <laughs> but, but check this out. Um, da, 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 da. Emergency SOS is quoting from Mac Rumors. It'll be in show notes. Emergency SOS is activated by pressing on the sleep-wake button of an iPhone five times in rapid succession. Pop, 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 pop. When the requisite number of presses is complete, it brings up a screen that offers buttons to power off the phone, bring up your medical ID, if filled out, and make an emergency 911 call. Along with these options, there's also a cancel button. If you hit the sleep-wake button five times and then hit cancel, it disables Touch ID and requires a passcode before Touch ID can be re-enabled. Interesting. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah, I would had no idea. I don't know. I mean, 
because I, I, this is actually a feature I, I've you know I've wanted. I mean, I've I I mean I I don't even have that much reason to fear for these kinds of things, but I can think of a lot of people who should. Yeah, I would love to like have a secret knock that will basically wipe the phone. Right. I mean, I I bet there's Android things that can do that. I bet you. I mean, if you're I a reporter, you're right. or if you're if you're like traveling with your family from some crazy, not crazy, but some kind of a country that's considered suspicious by people in the U.S., like I can think of all kinds of reasons why you would just basically want to say next time this wakes, like wipe the phone. I like. I, I mean, it, it, the whole idea that we don't have the ability to do that. I find my phone's all right, and you can do the remote wipe thing, but there's easy ways to get around that working. But I mean, you know, it's one doesn't like to think about these things too much, but it's not super difficult to say, well, I got a good feeling that if I if me and my buddy hold this person down, we're going to it's going to be fairly easy to get their fingerprint on right. this thing. Right. And then it's, you know, it's kind of not game over, but like they've gotten through the big portcullis at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I um, don't I mean, there's lots of things to like about Touch ID, but there's plenty of things to not like about it. You know, if you're if you're yeah. unconscious. Even if you're just asleep, someone can unlock your phone by pressing it against your finger, uh, your thumb, and they can't really get your six-digit code quite that easily. Right. And do have the six-digit code or longer. Mm -hmm. Do that. Do that. The difference between four digits and six digits is a lot of difference. I think it's a good idea. Um. You know, without Touch ID, I think people, I don't know, people, I think we're probably, I'm guessing we're much more inclined to have some like, you know, one, 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 one type thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ugh, back in the day, I had so many friends, mutual friends of ours who didn't even have a code on their phone. Back Are in the you day. serious? Oh, I mean, it was pretty common back then. I mean, it was before your whole life was on there. We're like, oh, big deal. What are they going to do? Take a photo or like, yeah, but like, yeah, all your stuff is on there. I remember yeah. a um, a friend of mine he had a cell phone before people had cell phones and he left it in his car and he'd leave it sitting on his dashboard with the door unlocked. I'm like, Bill, why are you doing that? And he's like, don't do that. No one's going to steal this. And I'm like, well, oh God. why not? He's like, well, that would be the dumbest thing they could do. I'm like, why? He's like, they can't use a phone. I can just turn off the account. I'm like, okay, well then they'd still have your phone. By the time you do it, it's too late. I mean, when I moved to San Francisco, like my friend Michael, who was my Sherpa, hi Michael, for moving uh, to San Francisco, I mean, one thing he said was make lots more money than you're currently making. And, and the other one was never leave anything in your car, including trash. Like your car should look like it was just detailed, mm. basically. The because thinking is it I, makes it there zero reason for anyone to want to go into it. Well, a lot of people say just leave it unlocked because, you know, remember in, it was in the 90s when people would put a sign in the window that said no radio. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Please don't break my window. Because, you know, I mean, uh, that's the thing. If you're a desperate person, like, you're just going to start breaking all the windows because there could be something in there. You have a quarter more than you had before. Like, don't leave change in the center console and stuff like that. I still, that's in my bones. I mean, we're in a pretty safe neighborhood, but, like, I, that's still in my bones. Like, just even, even don't leave trash in your car because you never know. But, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this face recognition thing works because it sounds like that's the thing that's going to happen. Yeah, it, it, re it you really does. I'm not following it closely, but just listening to other people talk about it, it sounds like it's pretty clear this is going to be a thing. Yeah, I've been reading about it too. I'm I'm in the camp of people who are not necessarily looking forward to facial recognition. Um, that It seems like this is something that'll kind of keep me on my um, 
on my existing phone for a while. I don't know. Uh, if they take away touch ID and use only facial recognition and yeah, I get that it has infrared cameras and it works in the dark and it works at an angle where it's sitting on a table and all of that. It just is, you know, we've said it before. Technology is not necessarily going in the direction that we might, we might want it to. Yeah. And I mean, I've learned from experience that if Apple's going to do that, they're probably gonna do a pretty great job. with Mm -hmm. it. Yes. It's just that I think there's these two, related, maybe complementary things that happen. I mean, one is I think we've all kind of realized the whole classic idea of username and password is not ideal for for most things. Mm. And so starting what? In the last 20 years, you get things like a key fob to be able to do like a two-factor authentication and stuff like that. But there's also like there are risks that come with that. Like every time you add another layer to that, to something that seems really straightforward, every time you add another layer to that, it increases the complexity and increases the chance for something to go wrong while not always giving you a concomitant amount of convenience with it. So like right now, I mean, I like the fact that when I have a a new or restored device, it says, okay, now use one of your other devices to go and authenticate. But in a lot of cases, your phone is that device. Mm -hmm. And if something goes wrong with your phone, like, you know, what are you going to do? Do you have your 10 extra codes stored somewhere in a safe and all that kind of stuff? You know, I mean... I guess I guess I feel like I'd like to see in my head anyway. I'd like to see more stuff that gives you sort of layers of access. Like you can make your own decision about what you want to have on the pull down sheet. Like if if you don't want your notifications to pop up, think about what notifications you can get on your phone right now. And because you think of it as your phone that only you use, like would you want somebody to get the information that's on your home screen when the notifications pop up, even if they don't have the code? I mean, think about that. Yeah, because I, I turned all my notifications to uh, to just show that there is a message and not show what it is. Right. I mean, I don't want to be a nut about it, but like, but but that's an example though of where you can say, well, I'm not comfortable having that stuff pop up, so I can say, don't show that on the lock screen, right, uh, and stuff like that. That's an interesting example to me of of tears to accessibility. So that benefits me to be able to see, like pull down without logging in, be able to pull down and see what the temperature is or whatever, next appointment. But everybody gets to make their own decisions if provided they're really thinking about it, about what is going to be available. Do you want Siri to be available when it's locked? That's kind of interesting to think about. Um, And you can prank your friends with stuff like that. But like in a similar way, I guess I kind of feel like, I wish it did more with stuff like location, where, for example... You know, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind stuff like in certain situations have a delay between putting in the code and having it come up given certain conditions and stuff like that. I don't know. I just, I guess I feel like there's still room in this without being too concerning or obfuscating to give you layers of, you know, security to where now with so much stuff on these devices, you know, I, I like it being really locked down. But also every time you lock it down further, you create the chance that even you might be locked out. Yeah. That's that's the thing that's concerning. For it to really work, there should always be the threat that it may not work for you. Otherwise, <laughs> it's probably not that secure, right? Right. Does that sound dumb? Do you know what I'm saying? No, that's a very interesting way to put it. I never really thought of it like that. Well, if you could break into your own phone when you really needed to, it's probably not that secure. Uh, you know, you really need something. I mean, when they, they introduced that thing a while back of... I mean, this is kind of neat. Like there's a governor, oh, forgive me, I don't, I'm not going to look this up, but basically you enter in a code and it gets it wrong. And I'll try really hard the next time. Hopefully you get it right. I think you get a few of those tries and then it says, okay, 
you can't try again for what, like a minute. And then each time you fail after that, it gets longer mm-hmm. till where I think after I have mindset that after this many fails, it wipes the phone, which I'm totally fine with. Yeah. But you know, if you've got a little kid in the house or you're on vacation and you didn't know a little kid was playing with your phone, well, guess what? You don't have a phone anymore. Now it's like, you have to really weigh like for these things to be super effective there also has there's also the risk of like what you lose if it goes away. Absolutely. And I think you make a very good point because just the other day my daughter who's 6 and and you know knows not to play with my phone. She was just pressing buttons on it for fun. I'm like, "Please, please don't keep doing that." <laughs> because yes. because bad things will happen and she's like, "Okay, sorry." But you know, it's it it's interesting to think what would you do if you were on a trip? where you don't have a, a computer with you. Maybe you don't even mm-hmm. have an iPad with you where it's just and what, your phone. And what if that device that you have, that phone, is your primary identifying device? That's where you get, if you haven't switched to full-on two-factor, even still, like how are you going to get to your codes if you need to go like recreate your world? Yeah. Yeah. We should find if there's any good, especially good up-to-date tutorials about that. Because uh, anyway. really these things are a matter of time. Before it will happen to you, you know what I mean. Like you might oh, be, yeah. you might be lucky right now, and but it is it is more a matter of of luck. I think it's more you just haven't been in that situation yet. It's not really something you'll be able to avoid forever. Eventually, well, it's everyone. Not that, will. It's not that you've avoided that situation because you're so good at it. You know, <laughs> yeah, you've just been lucky. Well, it's it's the same thing as you know before we had autosave. In our word processing programs, you had to manually save. And I remember I was early teens and I had a Commodore 64 and I was running the Geos operating system, uh, which was basically like a graphical end user system that gave the Commodore a, you know, you had a mouse, but you didn't use a mouse. You used the joystick to move the cursor around. Uh, but if you had a mouse, you could it would work, and you were able to like move windows around, and there were applications that you could run and switch between and things like that that were pretty pretty cool. It was the only way to do it. I couldn't afford a Mac, so that was that was what I what I had, and I was writing a you know short paper, probably a five page thing for school, and you know I hadn't saved it. I'd written the whole thing, I hadn't saved it. And something happened, crash, power went out, something mm-hmm. lost it all, lost, you know, a day's work for the child, uh, Dan. And after that, I became diligent about saving all the time. But you think about those kinds of things that, well, of course, now everything auto saves now, even, you know, everything auto saves. But these except, are the except when it doesn't. Well, you know? but these are the kinds of things that we sort of take for granted that things will just work. They'll work the way they're supposed to work, and uh, the reality is not always. And it's we rely on our phones so much. Like, does everybody listening know what their spouse's phone number is? Did they have it memorized? Uh, I bet some of you are I have saying to stop. no. I have to stop and think about it. Yeah, I do too. And. You know, it's not like there's payphones all around, but if you're if you dropped your phone or dropped it in the water or lost it over a bridge or someone stole it, who would you call? How would you get in touch with them? What if that person's not answering? What if because you're calling from a payphone or a store, they think it's a solicitor oh, and don't answer? 
because they're locked as locked down as I am on that yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you're, you're like all of a sudden you're MIA, but oh, let's talk about happier things. Yeah. Touch ID. Dan, uh, would you tell me about one other thing that you like? Sure. I'd tell you a little bit about SendPro. 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 From Pitney Bowes, SendPro is a, a thing that makes it easier for you to mail stuff. Thanks, send, thanks, SendPro. Buck, buck. Uh, they have three times the features of stamps.com at one third the price. You can print stamps from your computer, saves you time and money. You don't need special equipment. You don't have to wait in line at the post office. You don't even have to install any software. It works right in your web browser. It lets you compare shipping rates and delivery times between USPS and the other major carriers. So you know that you're always getting the best deal when you want to ship something. And you can print these paid shipping labels for USPS, for UPS, and more. And you can even track all your shipments from the same easy-to-use interface. Everything's in one place. You're not chasing around websites and tracking numbers and trying to remember what went where. PB, like peanut butter, pb.com slash back to work is a custom URL they have created for our listeners to go there and learn more. And when they go there, they'll get SendPro. It's, it's, a, it's a package deal, really. They get SendPro free for 90 days, A. B, they get a free 10-pound scale. Does it weigh things up to 10 pounds or does it weigh 10 pounds or both? There's only one way to find only out. only one way to find out. And when your free trial is over, you get SendPro for only $5 a month. That's the yeah. cheapest, cheapest thing going, and that's uh, good for, for the lifetime of your SendPro subscriptions. This is a special deal, and I highly recommend if you uh, like to ship things somewhat frequently or even – Less than infrequently, or more than infrequently. Hmm. PB.com slash back to work. Go there, check it out, and we sure do appreciate SendPro's support. Pitney Bowes, thank you very much. Thanks, SendPro. Buck, buck. SendPro! Can we do some uh, listener feedback? Yes, I have some printed emails. I would like to hear your... Why don't you do one? You do one. I've been been yammering on. You go Uh, ahead. Let me see what happens here. I'm going to get another seltzer. Do we do the clock? We did the clocks thing. I still got clocks to talk about. All right. I'll leave that over there. Clock talk. Clock talk. I'll do the overwhelmed or lazy one. Over- oh, that's on mine too. Okay. Do you want to, what uh, are you drink? Wait, wait, wait a minute. What are you drinking? All natural Canada dry original sparkling seltzer water. Grace, could you get me a uh, coconut LaCroix, please? Thank you. Ah, my lady's partial to the pomplamoose. She likes a grapefruit. Yeah, of the uh, of the Lacroix or the yeah yeah. I just enjoy saying pamplemousse. I don't get that many opportunities to say it. What Listener we don't Scott, the, right? there's no more coconut. I'll, yes, I'll have a lime. What do you mean no more coconut? What that mean? Uh, it's in the big fridge. Oh, great, Grace. We've only got small ones here. Thank you, Grace. Mm. Mm. Okay, now we're on the same page. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, dear Merlin and Dan, I'd love to get your thoughts on a question that I struggle with. Quote. Listener Scott. Listener Scott. How do you discern whether you are justifiably overwhelmed or whether it's all in your head and you just need to nut up and get busy? Close quote. The reason I I ask this is because I have a strong suspicion that I am not a reliable judge of whether I am overworked or just in a headspace where I believe that I am overworked. For example, in May, I finished. I'm not good with the Spanish pronunciation. Por ejemplo. Okay. In May, I finished coursework for my PhD. I did 54 hours in two years while working full-time. I was most definitely overwhelmed and overworked, but this summer, my schedule has been extremely open. 
I thought that I was going to catch up on a lot of side projects. Instead, I struggled to manage some of the most basic tasks. This is not a new issue for me. I'm 48 years old, and I've never felt like I'm equipped to discern whether I'm truly in need of a respite or whether I am just being a lazy SOB. I usually tend to assume the latter, but my guess is that I need to do a better job of mindfully evaluating the degree to which I am truly overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. On a personal note, please accept my deepest gratitude for the Back to Work podcast. Your program is one of the great highlights of my week, and I don't even like comic books. Wink. Wink. I really appreciate and admire the tone of your conversations. Warmest regards, Scott. Thank you, listener Scott. Good good question. in quotes with his name, Darius's assistant's assistant. <laughs> <laughs> so that is Scott's assistant to the assistant to Darius. Yes. That's a good question. Yeah, it's a real good one. It's cool that we both picked it out. That's a good sign. Um, do you want to go first? I have some thoughts, but I'd like to hear you, what... you go first. Well, I think there are, uh, there are some serious concerns about being overworked. I went through a whole adrenal fatigue uh thing that came from just working very very hard for far too long and not doing enough to balance that that out with things that either uh you know were 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 good for me physically or good for me mentally and so i find that in my experience if you are if you're taking breaks uh, and and doing different things, getting out of that space, whether it's this physical space that you're in doing your job or the mental space of thinking about those things too much. If you if you do that for too long, you don't get a break from it. it you're I, in my experience, for me, my mind will start to reject those things, and it wants a break so bad that you'll be st- sitting there trying to work, trying to do whatever it is that you you do for your job. And it just won't, it just won't happen. The code you write will be crappy. You won't be happy with the with the the stuff that you're writing or designing or building or making, and you won't understand why. And it's, it's super important to like get out in the world and move and try different things and, and do other things. Being overworked is relative, and it's different for everybody. And really, like you're the only person who can truly know if you are. But sometimes it it requires taking a break to get the perspective enough to look back and say, wow, I really am, or I really was overworked. You almost need to stop doing the stuff that you're doing to get that perspective. At least that's how it works for me. Uh, I don't know if that's the same for you or not. I think that's a good angle. Um, I was just Googling for something to support what I'm about to pull out of my butt. I, I, I feel like... Here's the thing. Um, you can tell sometimes when people are lying to you about something. That This is somewhat unrelated. But you can tell when somebody – like somebody says um, – you say to somebody, oh, oh, hey, you know, yeah, you know, I invited you to my, uh, my Christmas uh, key party. Are you going to come? And the person goes, oh, let me get back to you on that. And then they wait and they wait and they wait. And they, oh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I need to see if I'm doing anything. And you finally go, hey, look, man, my Christmas key party's next week. Are you coming or not? Are you bringing your, your lady and your keys? And, and you go, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm already – I'm going to be flying out of town the night before. Uh, also, I'm sick. <laughs> right. <laughs> and on top of it, I'm really busy with work. And you go, wait a minute. 
why did you say all of that? Oh, because I definitely can't go because I'm uh, out of town and definitely sick. Well, <laughs> nothing makes you sound more like a total liar than giving three excuses for not doing something. Right. So first of all, life hack. If you want to sound uh, legitimate, if you want to sound credible when you're avoiding something, give exactly one reason and don't apologize. Because you ever think about this? You ever think about like if there's stuff really going on in your life, really going on, like do you apologize for what's going on in your life? Maybe sometimes. But like in the classic example of like if somebody is really sick and you're taking care of them, somebody's in the hospital or whatever, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say, oh, yeah, you know, my, uh, my kid's in the hospital – uh, plus, also, I'm really busy with work. Right. <laughs> no one, no one ever says that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, would, if you're an honest person, you would just say, "My kid's sick." I know you get that. Let's let's talk again in a month or whatever. Okay. Why do I say that? Um, I say that because when something, if you are legitimately bronchial, if you are legitimately <laughs> <Thank> over, <laughs> if you're legitimately overwhelmed, buddy, something's got to change. If you're legitimately overwhelmed. You're not good at what you're doing, and that that nothing uh, nothing gold can stay, pony boy. Like if you're if you're legit overwhelmed, you need to change that now. So then the question becomes: Are you really overwhelmed? Um, do, do you follow where I'm going with this? Totally. Because like if you're finding yourself feeling antsy and you're not sure if you're actually overwhelmed, well maybe maybe you're not. But if you are, buddy, you got to fix that. Like don't live like that. I mean. Quit your job if you have to. Like, don't die. Right. You can't live overwhelmed. So, but the corollary being, well, maybe you're not actually as overwhelmed as you think. And this is where I'm going to introduce an exciting new concept I've been thinking about for the last two and a half minutes <laughs> that I'm going to call the cognitive bottleneck. And uh, this is a very important new concept that's now uh, two minutes and 45 seconds old. And the idea of the cognitive bottleneck is how does a bottleneck work? Well, you know, you think about like if you've got a bottle full of stuff. And there's a broken off cork in there. And that cork is the first thing that gets near the hole. Nothing else is going to move until that cork moves. You could also think of it as a stone if you prefer. I'd rather avoid that idea. But the thing is, it doesn't matter in some ways how much stuff is held up by whatever that bottleneck is. Nothing's going to move until you get rid of whatever's causing the bottleneck. Right? It goes for traffic. It goes for liquids. It goes for whatever. Do you see where I'm going with this? I think so. Okay, well, my thinking would be, um, I, I can just say for myself that in life, like probably once a week even, like I realize that I have been um, – I now have a giant amount of things that I need to deal with. And if I'm really careful in thinking about it and I realize it's because there actually might be three to five rather small things that I've been avoiding doing. And so then I end up not doing all this other stuff. Because I, obviously I can't do all this junk because I have these important things that are overwhelming me. And the longer you don't address what you're not doing, whether large or small, then a ton of stuff's not going to get done. D- do you see what I mean? Like, let's, what, what's an example of this? Like, okay, let's say it's returning your friend's call. You don't want to call your friend about his Christmas key party that you don't want to go to. Okay, and then time passes. Guess what? Pretty soon... You're going to feel so bad about what you haven't done that there's going to be a bunch of other stuff you don't do. Why? Because A, this thing's really important. 
B, this thing's really overdue. And C, I really, really, really don't want to do that thing. But I don't have permission to do all the constellation of other things because I feel so bad about the thing that's causing the clog, that's causing the cognitive bottleneck. So my suggestion to listener Scott and anybody else is to think about – I'll bring in that hated word, procrastination. Um, if you, The feeling of being overwhelmed can come from lots of different places, including being legitimately overwhelmed. Another place that that comes from is where there's a bunch of stuff you haven't done because you feel bad about this other thing you feel like you need to do first. This classic procrastination is this idea of like whether big or small, there's something that's stopping everything up. You live with that long enough and you become a slightly different kind of person and the world gets small. So I would say be advisable about that. What I would say to listener Scott is like try and like emotionally separate a little bit from whatever it is you're feeling overwhelmed by and ask yourself if there are large or small or unknown, especially things that could be causing a cognitive bottleneck. And that leads to a very old idea that I still think is interesting. Go out and Google structured procrastination which is a, a very interesting idea from a guy, I think a Stanford professor, where he basically says that the way I get things accomplished is through structured procrastination, which is that I, if there's a thing I don't want to do, like grading these papers, then I can find 20 other things to do except that one thing. And it's kind of a funny, turns out, ha-ha, you know, life hack way to look at things. But I think that's one way to look at this. You know, of all the things that you're overwhelmed by, are there 15 of those tiny dumb things you could do today while still avoiding the thing that's making you feel the most overwhelmed? Because that won't solve the problem, but it could help you actually get some stuff accomplished. You know, If you're not ready to deal with whatever is causing you to feel the way that you are, maybe there's other stuff you could work on. Hell, sharpen pencils, take out trash, I don't know. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I say this from a place of uh, sad experience, which is I know if there's one thing I'm really, really avoiding, that can become a very fearful and anxious enterprise, where now there's lots of other stuff I don't want to do because there's this thing I just haven't done yet. Do you follow? Yes, I totally do. It's that, it's that getting, it's about getting stuck, really. It's about getting into that state where you can't see past the, the weeds that you're in. Yeah. And you just, you can't, you know, I, I do feel like, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm probably saying too much or projecting too much here, but I do feel like that can change your personality and your outlook. If you're feeling, if you decided that you're the person who's overwhelmed now, well, when is there ever a good day to stop being overwhelmed? Like only you can, can make that decision. So I guess there's a couple aspects to this. One is like, you know, it's okay to be lazy. I'm lazy. I'm structured. I've structured my whole life about around being lazy, but like, you know, I would say give yourself a little bit of emotional distance and maybe be a little candid with yourself about what is the thing that's causing you to feel overwhelmed? Is there one source of this thing that's making you feel overwhelmed? Can you go talk to that source and say you need fewer things that are overwhelming you? Or is there a chance that there's stuff that you've allowed to accumulate that's now causing you to feel that way? Mm. Because, I mean, there's, there is a way out. It's just that it may not be a very pleasant, easy, or simple way out. But then you also get that relief of, you know, once you get that little bit of cork out of the bottleneck, now you have access to a lot more of the stuff that's inside of there. And it may not be as difficult as it sounds once you get started with it. Nice. But you've done stuff in the past, 54 hours and two years while working full-time. That's, that seems like a lot of work. Uh, at what age, though? Because if you're doing that at age 25, that's a big difference from age 48. 54 hours, and usually three hours per course. That seems like a lot of work. That's a pretty full schedule. I don't really do arithmetic. What was your question about age? I was saying that, that 
doing doing something like that 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 number of hours and taking that many classes doing that when you're 25 is very different from doing it at, at oh absolutely yeah. absolutely but you know to circle it back around though it is maybe just a little bit like my original haha funny example it's just that you've invited yourself to your own christmas key party and you are the one who is both issuing the invitation and refusing to accept it and that is not a fun loop to be in because whether you realize it or not, you have decided that there is something very important and difficult um, that's over, hanging over your head right now. And so at some point you agreed that that's important and you have uh, internalized that it's over your head. So how do you get out of that? Having a little distance from it helps. But then you have to come up with some kind of a practical path forward. So, I mean, if you are genuinely overwhelmed, man, go change something now. Be fearless. Like, go stop things that are overwhelming you. But also be aware that, like, you can also end up being the one who is generating not secondarily that feeling of being overwhelmed, but primarily whatever the situation was that allowed you to get to where you are. And I Boy, think that's some, that's some hard talk, huh? It is. And I think there's something that, um, that people be- benefit not just from taking a little bit of time off, but from really going somewhere else that's outside of your normal day to day, not not going for a walk in the park at lunch. I mean, like getting on a plane like you and I just did and going to a different city to give you a different perspective. You don't have to go on some big, elaborate, expensive vacation to Paris for a month. You know, you can go for a weekend to a different town. You can drive to it. You can fly to it. But going to that and coming back, you get a different perspective and gives you the ability to, especially if you are able to unplug and not do email. I didn't do any email while I was gone. I didn't even look at email. I didn't look at anything. Um, Being able to go and, and, come back, you get that perspective and you can say, wow, I didn't realize the amount of stress that I was feeling, but now that I'm getting back into it, I'm noticing all this stress that I'm feeling in my body or whatever, you know, and you feel those old feelings like coming back up and you realize like how much you're living inside your own head. Exactly. Yeah. It's a terrible feeling. Yes. I agree with you. I mean, I think getting out of your own head can happen in lots of different ways. Like you say, it doesn't require that you spend a month in the French Riviera. I mean, again, you know, chapter one for me is like going out and taking a walk, just getting somewhere like for a certain amount of time. And I, you know, for me, like I love going to movies, but like the idea of like being somewhere where you're not deliberately necessarily distracted by something, but where you repot yourself a little bit. Like, I think that can be even briefly, like for an afternoon, I think that can be really valuable. Like get out of your office, get out of your house, get out of wherever the place is that's making you where you tend to feel that way and like prove to yourself that you can do it. Hmm. Mm. Listener Scott, uh, l- let us know. Hit us back on the burner. Let us know how things are going. I hope things go well for you. Nice. Um, Dan, did you have uh, one more thing that you like? I have one more thing, uh, but it's something that I know you know a little bit about. It's Blue Apron. Blue Apron. They're the number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. And they do this by supporting a a moo. Sustainable food system, Mm -hmm. setting the highest standards for ingredients and building a community of home chefs. It's actually possible to prepare a nice meal at home, even if you don't have a lot of experience doing this, even if you don't know uh, how to go about that. And, And that's the thing that's kind of daunting 
if you're thinking, I just, I don't feel like eating out again. I don't really feel like uh, another frozen pizza. What am I supposed to do? You might go to the store and stand around and say, well, I, I guess I'll get some of this, but I don't know what half of these things in the produce section are. And I'll just, you wind up getting another frozen pizza. It's, it's dumb, but that's what happens. They make it easy to get out of that rut. They make it easy to try new food, new recipe, new recipes, new delicious things that you never would have thought of. And the reason they make it so easy is because they send you all of the ingredients and the ingredients are really great. They're like sourced sustainably. They're responsibly raised. They use regenerative farming. They're, you know, they try and get the food as close to your location as they can. And they send you these wonderful little recipes, which of course you can save and make again as often as you want. But when they first send them to you, you get this recipe card you get the food in exactly the right amount so you're not you don't have any waste you're making just the right amount and each meal usually is enough for uh for either two regular people or one John Roderick mm-hmm. and it winds up being less than $10 per person per meal and you get to cook and you get to do it in your own home and you get to have friends over or your spouse or your kids involved and it makes cooking a fun thing and it takes the stress out of it and it's a really great service you can check them out by going to blueapron.com slash back to work. You can check out this week's menu and you'll get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to that URL, blueapron.com slash back to work. Great service. I recommend you you go check it out, blueapron.com. Thank you. Thanks, Blue Thank Apron. Thank you, Blue Apron. Puck, puck. We probably got time for one more, right? Yeah, let's do it. You pick. You can pick either... Uh, listener Dawn uh, asking us to talk a little bit about uh, self – what's the word? Quantization? Like tracking and stuff? I could do an update on that. Or B, on a more lighthearted hearted matter, we have listener Laura and getting your clocks right. Yeah, I want to do the clocks. <sighs> I wish I had a good answer to this. Sorry, Dr. Don. We'll get back to this one, I promise. Or, or I, I don't promise. Yeah, never promise. Never promise. Never over, over promise, over deliver is what I say. Wait, I think I just did it twice. Wait a minute. Let me start over. Which one am I? Hello. Listener Laura. This is one of those ones where I kind of have an answer, but not really. But we'll hash it out. You and me. You ready? Ready. Listener Laura. <laughs> Listener Laura. Uh, I am wondering. I wish this didn't bother me. I wish I didn't. I wish I could look at her question and go, why do you care? But I care. Listener Laura says, I am wondering if you have a system for keeping all the clocks in your house straight. Upon moving in with my partner, I've discovered that I was never very fond of having clocks around, and he would prefer to have one to three clocks in every room. Most of them are analog, and all of them are set to slightly different times. Mm. I think the biggest time difference between two clocks in our house is 15 minutes. But <laughs> See, that's not even as bad. It's the ones that are three minutes apart that drive me crazy. That was Merlin's note. Um, the, 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 the most are five to eight minutes apart. Laura, how are you living like this? Check your six. To be honest, and I have no idea because I've learned that the clocks are liars and try not to look at them. <laughs> this is not a big deal for him, as he has a pretty set routine and drives everywhere. Oh, look at me. I'm Laura's friend. Bleh. I, on the other hand, have a totally different schedule each day and mostly take the bus, so the precise minute I leave the house can be very important. I've taken daylight savings, actually actually it's saving, and other opportunities to slyly sync up all the clocks, but eventually the batteries run down on the analog ones or there is a power outage to the digital ones. And they all get out of sync again. Please help. How can I bring this up with my partner without seeming like a criticism of, quote, his clocks? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a great clock technology that sets itself automatically that I could propose we replace our current clocks with? Asks listener Laura. 
I wish this didn't drive me crazy, but it drives me crazy. Well, if I if I had my druthers, I would go give somebody a hundred dollars right now and make it so that all my clocks were all exactly synced and went from nine to zero at exactly the same nanosecond. Do you have uh, any atomic clock uh, clocks in your house? Well, Dan, I'm glad you asked because this is the easy part, and I have already added this to show notes. In our, uh, it takes a little bit of going back here. You know, I'm clock guy. I'm always the guy who's, who's telling people what time it is. It's time for bath. It's time for this. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided, and I, I've been advocating for a while. I wanted a in the business of horology. Horology. It's known as a giant ass clock. I wanted a giant ass clock in our kitchen that was in plain sight. And I found one that I kind of like, it's technically for like an outside room. I put in show notes, I believe the lacrosse technology WT three, one, eight, one PL atomic outdoor clock with temperature and humidity, 18 inch $38 American. There you go. And this giant ass clock is so freaking cool. So you go in and you set it mostly right. And that at some point that night, it's going to do something very disturbing, which is going to the hands will start moving of their own accord very, very quickly. And what they're doing is that's the time where they periodically check in with the official atomic time and they set your clock to be exactly right. And then it keeps it that way. It will move it forward or backwards. I don't know, a couple times a day to automatically keep it like exactly accurate plus or minus however many decimal points. I love this. I love that this clock is always right. I also love that it's analog, so I don't notice as much if it's not exactly right. Plus, you get temperature and humidity. Nothing wrong with that. So that one's easy. Yeah. That that one's easy. iPhone easy. iPad easy. And almost all the rest are just a mess. Because what happens? I get the clock exactly right. I do that dumb thing where I sit there. Somebody unplugged the microwave. Mm-hmm. Uh, blink, 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 blink. Enjoy your meal. I plug it back in and I sit there with my iPhone and I'm looking at the second hand. I go drill all the way in and I wait and I hit it and I get it exactly right. But then, of course, somebody unplugs the microwave again. And now I got to start over. I hate going through the house and seeing five different times. And, and they're all why, different. Why does that bother me? Why does it bother me? Well, because it it's confusing. It's like uh, if like if you pulled up to a stoplight and there were two lights there, one was yellow and one was red, or one was green and one was red. You wouldn't know what to do. You know what it is? It's it's the uh, it's the uh, the paradox of choice. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. I've got I've got um, I've got a, an atomic clock, and I also have an atomic watch. Uh, which is a it's a it's a Casio G Shock that <laughs> sets itself from uh, from the atomic clock as well, and it's the watch Casio that I wear. Casio G Shock atomic watch sounds like an EP, a hip hop EP from 1985. <laughs> I think I think bum, you may be right bum, about that. Bump 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 bump. <laughs> but you know you know that I'm a big fan of the mechanical watches. Um, I do. But you're a horologist. Yeah, but. I believe everybody should have at least one kind of Casio. And for me, that's a, that's a G-Shock. It's the G-Shock GWM 5610-1 men's solar black resin sport watch, mm. which I will put in the show notes. But this is a, this is a great, it's got about a, um, I think it's got a, well, it's a recharging battery. It's solar powered, but I think those last for like 10 years. But a full charge on the battery will last you about 10 months, and it's charged very, very quickly in the sunlight, and it has uh, the atomic capability, so it's always setting itself correctly. And that's super handy 
this is a watch I wear when I work out or if I'm going to be going doing something where I want to wear a nice mechanical watch or I'm worried about it getting messed yeah, up in some way. If, and, if you're going to go fishing. Yeah, if you're going fishing. Yeah. But this is a nice watch to have and it has that kind of a feature. And so this is the watch that I use to set any other watch or clock in the house. But I don't understand uh. why it if they can fit this technology into a Casio watch on my wrist – why can't they put it into the microwave? Why can't they put it into the oven? Like, I really don't understand that. I, I, am, I am aghast. I absolutely do not understand why this is not in every clock radio. Now, this watch is $94, and you can get the, non, uh, the, the, the non-atomic, non-solar version of it for $45. Same watch, just doesn't have those features. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that it cost $50 to put this radio in it? No, because you're getting the solar charging, you're getting all this other stuff. How much more could it, would you have paid $15 more for your microwave if you never had to set the clock again ever? Yes, right? Well, so, and also now you've got, a, you've got the watch that's always correct, which just makes it all the more acute when you realize all the ones that aren't. That's right, yeah. It's a constant reminder of how, how bad all your times are. So, I mean, like, the short-term solution is not very satisfying. We should get to the uh, social psychology part of this. But, like, right. you can do that thing that I do where you wait and you go, uh, 56, 57, 58, 59. Yes! And it'll be mostly right. You, you even set it to all things considered if you want. When it starts playing the bomb, 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 you know, it's 5 o'clock. Uh, or whatever works for you. But, like, it will eventually go wrong. But you know what? I, I want to implore all of the makers, you know, many people who make the timepieces listen to this show, as you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Please put it everywhere. Put it everywhere. Now, what about the social problem? Like, how does she talk to her friend about this? This is a classic example of I care more about this than the other person. I mean, can't. There is no good answer. Um. Do you have a good answer for that? I mean, it's a social social engineering. Until the people who listen to our show, until the various horologists in our audience (laughs) fix this finally, uh, it's going to have to be a skunk works. You're just going to have to be that person who goes around and fixes these on your own. I just take it up. If it bothers you, you'd be the one to fix it. You know what I would do? I'd create a a reminder. Give yourself a reminder every two weeks. Go around and be an insane, insane person with the clocks. Or learn not to care. You know, the idea of having fewer clocks is not having two clocks in the same room. Like, especially, you kind of can't avoid clocks in your kitchen because everything has a clock on it. Yeah. One of my friends uh, puts a little piece of black gaffer tape over the clocks. Uh, You could do it with a dark post-it note just so that they don't, they just, it's the same thing I do whenever Jude Law shows up on my TV screen. You just paint it black. Or you can get a Sharpie. You just just, just X out the part of the screen that he's on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing. You just put it over, and then you, then you don't have to worry about that anymore. Then you just have your one atomic clock, and the other ones are Jude Lawed away. Yep, Jude Lawed away. Um, the other thing you can do, I recently made a, a medium-sized investment in lots of various ones of this. Uh, what is it called? LED sticker you could start with? No, that's not right. What would you call it? Basically, I bought a whole bunch of these different products from Amazon that all share a similar thing, which is I either don't want like, – let's, let's, let's start with this. Like we have stickers on all the cameras. Like we have one on our Amazon View. We've got it on all our laptops just because I'm that guy. So you can go out and buy like these little spots of like translucent black um, 
like what do you call that? It's plastic that like just holds on its own accord without damaging the screen. Oh, right. So you can get those kinds of things. You can also get like a set. I I should find this for notes, but you can also get a set, probably a prime now, but you can get a set of all these different LED covers. A lot of them seek to simply make them less bright while others are meant to sort of black it out altogether all the way down. So you can buy whole sheets of this stuff and cut your own. That's one solution. I I doubt your friend's going to like it, but you know, if you have one rogue clock that doesn't want to do its thing, you could always just put some, uh, stuff over it. Gaffer's tape, not so good probably for appliances, unless you're in a hotel, because who cares? But like, you can get some of this tape. Just go, what do you, What would you call it? LED? I bought it here I don't before. Let me be go called. look. Let me go look at my orders. Yeah, I don't know how to do the social part. Let me go back and read this one more time. How can I bring this up with my partner without it seeming like a criticism of his clocks? <sighs> what if it? So what if it's a criticism? Why is that the worst thing in the world? You know what? I bet this is not going to be as hard as you think, listener Laura. I bet it's not going to be as hard as you think. Part of this is going to be you because you're the one who's bothered by it. Like you could be the person who does some of the maintenance on this stuff. But you might want to bring it up with your partner. You might want to go research some more of these things. But boy, how awful is that? That the person, the clock person in the house is the person who doesn't really care what time it is. Isn't that sickening? Sickening. But I think also you should look into tape. That's my thought on that. Just the black gaffer tape. I'm exhausted, exhausted, Dan. Mm. Just exhausted. I know. Haven't eaten. Well, go eat. It's time. I might have, I should have some nuts. I should at least have some nuts. Uh, that should wrap it, don't you think? I think so, yeah. Definitely. Marathon. Dan, Dan, thank you so much. And thank you to all of our sponsors and our listeners. Sorry we were away for so long, but we should get back on something like a normal schedule now. Yeah, people were uh, worried. They were worried something had happened to you. Someone asked me if you were just laying down, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you're fine. I'm laying down a lot of the time, so don't even worry about that. All right, let's button this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.